Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 of the 2 on 3 podcast where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at 2 on 3 pod on Twitter and you can send us email at 2 on 3 pod at gmail.com if y'all want to. I am Chris and you can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter and joining from the remote office this evening is uh, Ty. On the road again. <laughs> definitely, de- I definitely could wait though to get on the road again. Um, yeah, I'm Ty. Uh, I'm on Twitter at seatjk. I really like it when y'all yell at me, so uh, get on it. <laughs> yeah, bring it. Bring your hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm hosting an odd episode today. How thrilling is that? Ty is uh, Ty is actually doing uh, business, so he's uh, so I, I'm taking the reins on the odd night tonight. How are things out where you are? I have to apologize probably first for audio quality, as always when we're on the road. Uh, the limited bandwidth makes for a limited uh, audio track. And uh, things are okay. There was a crazy hailstorm here. I'm back in Salt Lake City um, earlier. And the hotel I'm staying in is right across the street from the Vivint Arena, where the Jazz play. And uh, whiny boy Sam Smith is playing a show there tonight. So there's kind of a lot of noise out on the street. I got the tour buses out here. And uh, there's some squealing every once in a while. Really? Wait, but Sam yeah. Smith fans squeal? I thought they just mope around, just being depressed. It was a really eclectic crew going into the Sam Smith show. We were walking out there getting some dinner and uh, watching some of the people. And uh, I mean, eclectic in the sense of lots of different types of people. They're, of course, all white because this is Utah. <laughs> the, uh, I, why doesn't anyone, why can't Sam Smith find love? Why won't anyone, like, why won't, why can't he just have a normal relationship? He's very sad. <laughs> He's so sad. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Anyway, you know, that's funny, but what are we chatting about today? We're actually, we're preparing for our inevitable breakup by talking about spinoffs today. <laughs> 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 so not that not that we're breaking up anytime soon but i mean down the road you know several decades from now um when we decide to go our own way um but tonight we're going to talk about some spin-off musicians uh some spin-off tv and uh, spin-off movies uh who did that well and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about mentors and uh and influences in our third segment in the ot we'll talk about uh shameless money grabbing in the uh, in the just tell him world. just tell him Chris just tell him it's oh, about right. golf <laughs> it's about golf we can't not talk about golf we love golf look there's golf, like golf news I don't know today we are your number one source for useless golf news <laughs> exactly and and golf's a little money grabby anyway but this is above and beyond in the money grab in the money grab section this this week anyway so let's start off uh, let's start off the uh, well, so we're gonna start off tonight with spin-off musicians. Now, it's kind of funny because we you, you, we like to think that people come from nowhere, but very few people come from nowhere, right? I mean, even uh, today uh, or maybe this week, we we had news that the Eagles' greatest hits had become the the largest selling album of all time. Two thoughts. <laughs> Is people- it about white people again? <laughs> <laughs> this is a travesty. It's just, I'm disgusted by the entire development. What is the matter with people who play the Eagles all the time anyway? Well, the Eagles the Eagles are a country band. Let's be clear, first and foremost. And and people will fight you over this. Yeah, you know, the Eagles are a country band. They'll be like, whoa, you let's fight. And it's like, no, let's not fight because they are. But I don't know how many copies of the. I mean, there there can't be young people buying the Eagles' greatest hits. I I know I bought at least one or two cassettes worth of the Eagles' greatest hits because back in the cassette era, you ruined your cassettes. I mean, I lived in Illinois. It was 105 degrees. Some days you put the cassette in the player, and it'd be like, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh crap, I gotta buy myself another cassette. So I'm at least responsible for. Th- three or four purchases of the Eagles greatest hits. Second thought. (laughs) What do you mean? People don't come from nowhere. Didn't you see that Kylie Jenner is a self-made billionaire? Right. She, well, except for (laughs) Kylie Jenner, Uh, I will, we'll share thoughts about Kylie Jenner sometime down the road. I think first personally, I think it's amazing, but, um, but nobody comes from nowhere. 
and um, and you know they're from the Eagles standpoint, you know, you have your your Glenn Fry, Don Henley, whoever. Yeah, you know, first of all, Henley Henley's the better solo musician. Glenn Fry's the better actor. I think I think <laughs> we can I think we can sort of split the difference on that and give them their own their own deal. I, it was Glenn that said when when Don died that the band was over because it was Don's band, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Don's band. Yeah. There's a there's a really interesting documentary about the eagles that that you may or may not care about you just look it up on netflix it's a it's pretty interesting if you're into it but what i'm saying is i mean if you think about now in terms of spin-off musicians like someone like beyonce or michael jackson i don't know do they do they count they should count but I, in my mind they kind of don't count beyonce maybe more than michael beyonce maybe more than michael because because beyonce, beyonce counts about she was an adult. They had Destiny's Child, and then then she got rid of the then she got rid of the dead weight and decided to like do her thing. <laughs> oh, show some respect for Kelly Rowland. Come on. I like I like I like both Kelly Rowland and Michelle Williams. But come on, she's Beyonce. Beyonce could do this on her own. She didn't need them. The Destiny's Child story is one of my favorites because I like that those other girls were like, I want more of the spotlight. And Beyonce was like, bye. <laughs> Have it all. <laughs> <laughs> go, go knock yourself out. And Mike and Mike is different too because Mike is, you know, he's Michael Jackson. It's like two, it's two different things. Like He was a kid. It's not like he recorded. Right. And he didn't record records as a teen, right? I mean, how long did the Jackson 5 record records? Because obviously... No, till he was in know. his mid-teens. Till he was in his mid-teens, I think off the wall, he's probably a late teenager. Okay. By the time off the wall hits, but again, I don't see him as sort of a spin-off music. I don't see he's like, oh well, you know, he's a, but he is technically. But I I go right to the sort of the king of the spin-off musicians, and it's David Grohl. I mean, who's had a better career in rock and roll than David Grohl? I mean, he's in the world's biggest rock band. Cobain dies. And then he picks up and has another 20-year career as one of the best-selling and most popular bands, and everybody loves the Foo Fighters. And who does that? That's amazing. It's one of the most amazing stories in rock and roll. And I don't think it gets enough lip service. I think people forget. Dave Grohl is just, he's the LeBron James of rock. <laughs> he can do anything. Like, he shows up, he'll, like, he could induct every band into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, if you just said, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're just going to get the Foo Fighters to induct every band into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, introduce them, play a few of their songs, and then they could come up. Like, the Foo Fighters could just take over that whole show, and every, no one would care. Everyone would be, think that would be great. It's the 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 quality of his career post being one of the greatest grunge bands ever is unlikely to be sure. It's it's quite amazing. I mean, he can play every instrument. He's just a he's a he's a savant. Yeah, but he has he has an attitude. You know, he's got the attitude right. He's got everyone just likes. Him. There's just nothing to hate about Dave Grohl really. It's I mean, he's just a sort of happy-go-lucky but he's wildly successful and you and obviously the work goes in the thought goes in because things like this don't happen by accident but i have a ton of respect for i have a ton of respect for girl i think i think he is the king of the the spin-off musicians for me i have i don't really dispute it i guess i i my thoughts went immediately to the 80s for some reason when we started talking about this topic, and the first two names that popped into my head, maybe because of recent conversations we've had in the past, is uh, Mr. Phil Collins sure. <laughs> and, uh, and one and one Peter Gabriel. Yeah, well, yeah, Genesis spit out two of them, right? Two of the biggest, yeah. two of the biggest acts of the late 80s um, or the mid 80s. The uh, you know, I I always feel sorry because. Phil Collins actually at some point had done an interview where he was regretful of his solo career. And I was like, shit, Phil, step up. Say, you know, Susudio, everyone knows. I mean, don't be ashamed that you wrote Susudio. I mean, No Jacket Required was literally required when I was in 1985 <laughs> or whatever it was. We, everyone had that. Everyone at my high school had that record. It was, uh, it's, it's, it was, uh, it was, it was 
a necessary part of your cassette collection in in the mid '80s. Um, I'm gonna throw Sting in there too. I mean, Sting's solo career mm-hmm. is. Do do you not think terrible? Sting is part of you what? Sting's, Sting's solo, solo music career? is not good. Whoa, oh, 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 my head just spun around. What are you talking about? What what Sting record are you putting on? Like, I'm still listening to Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins, at least with some level of regularity. Yeah. I haven't put a Sting record on since Fields of Gold. <laughs> I dream of Man, Soul Cages is maybe one of the greatest records ever written in the history of ever. I don't even know what that is. <gasps> what? Uh, <laughs> we, we can't have this, guys. <laughs> at high... <laughs> At C at C T J K uh, on this one because good lord, nobody's coming sting. at me for my sting takes. Uh, somebody will. <laughs> <laughs> Sting's whack. Three three, <laughs> three of the beat three of the Beatles had decent careers post <laughs> yeah <laughs> post the breakup. Um, um, you know what? I'm gonna David Lee Roth's first solo record is awesome. Oh my Edom god, is, what? This is the Edom worst is, conversation we've ever had. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yankee Rose is, you know, I make the joke, you know how I make the joke that, like, my, my favorite Journey s- song is Oh Sherry, and people get angry with me when I say stuff like that? You know, when I say, <laughs> when I say like, my favorite Van Halen song might be Yankee Rose, I'm almost not lying. Oh. Yankee Rose is a, is a great, great song. I never get tired of it. Ever. I, I listen to it all the time. It's Next, so you're going to tell me that your your second favorite Van Halen, Halen song is I Can't Drive 55 by Sammy Hagar. <laughs> no, it's Three Lock Box by Sammy oh. Hagar. <laughs> God. It's Heavy Metal by, uh, by uh, Sammy Hagar. What? There's nothing wrong with there's the, that David Lee Roth record. Someone's going to back me up on this. The, David, the first David Lee Roth record with Steve Vai and Billy Sheehan and Greg Bissonette as his backing band is unbelievably good it's stupid you may be right you may be right but uh i i didn't take the i i didn't i I didn't follow roth to his solo project in the (laughs) 80s that was that was entertainment at its finest i remember seeing david lee roth solo in concert on that tour and just be like i just my head was just exploding it was it was that was good times in the rock and roll in the rock and roll era um I think we got to mention Timberlake. Is he like the best of the yeah. boy band survivors? He's the king of the boy band survivors, right? He's the only one that had, I think, a real career. There's no question. Who's second place? Well, we know it's not J.C. Chazé. <laughs> this is the hard. This, when I was thinking about Timberlake today, I, I thought to myself, he's definitely the king of the boy band survivors. Is there anybody? I mean, I could go Robbie Williams. I think he was in a boy band in England. But does yeah, that he was. Yeah, but I mean, second place. He was. Second place in boy, the greatest, the boy band survivors. I don't. I this can't. Is, not even a single name comes to mind. I mean, did did nothing. anybody have any sort of solo career out of their boy bands? No. I mean, the One Direction kids have have limited successes. As is it but, Jordan? Is the answer Jordan Knight? No, it can't. No, it cannot. He be had Jordan like Knight. two. He, he had like two top ten, ten hits in one one summer. I don't know, man. This is a this is a, we had we have to revisit this because that's a I don't know right. who the the boy band we'll have a boy band we'll have a boy band off at some point because yeah, you know, we're going to have to no we're now going to have to rank all the solo careers of the <laughs> yes if you don't know this about Ty and me is that we we both are very very boy band friendly in terms of our listening our listening uh, habits very boy band friendly. I just can appreciate a well-crafted pop song, right? I agree. And they just happen to write them for groups of five boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not afraid to admit it. All right. It. All right. Well, as, we, as we hop out of this segment into the next segment, um, I, I'm gonna th- is, does Gwen Stefani count in our, in our spinoff musicians? Uh, yeah, her, she count? must. She must, but... I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not feeling passionate about it. I certainly don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that's why. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm tossing that in there on the way out the door on this. I'll put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. The same reason I have the the, the logic on Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel. 
mm-hmm. I will listen to a Phil Collins record. I'll listen to a Peter Gabriel record. I will still listen to a Genesis record. And and but when it comes to Gwen Stefani, I'm not putting on Gwen Stefani records. But I will absolutely put on a No Doubt album. Okay, fair enough. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. Uh, so I think if I don't want to at least listen to your solo work equally as much as your band work, then I'm not going to call it a success. Word. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Here we are. We're going to jump into uh, the next one's going to be spinoff TV or movie. Um, I think TV is kind of the land where spinoffs really live. And when I was growing up, the 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 show that I felt spun off the most shows is Happy Days. Now Happy Days, I don't know why we were also like in the late seventies, early eighties, we were, you know, the we had nostalgia, fifties nostalgia that I didn't understand because I was ten. <laughs> it's like why do we why do we care about this anyway? Um, but those shows were entertaining. They spun off Laverne and Shirley. Uh, they spun off. Um, Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chachi. Oh, Chachi. And and a lot of people don't consider this, but they spun off Mork and Mindy. That was actually my the first one I thought of when you brought up the idea of spinoffs. Which is which is crazy because it was just some throwaway weirdo alien episode. Yeah, Mork from Mork. <laughs> Mork from I mean. This is just a this is just like a peyote fever dream that <laughs> that like some TV producer has like let's put Robin Williams in a spacesuit and just let him go buck wild. I don't know what <laughs> happened there. But it it launched a you know, a multi-decade career. Guy won an Oscar. He won, <laughs> he was obviously talented, but it's an odd it's an odd thing, really. Like that that would have come from there. You wouldn't see that one coming. No, they really wrung all the, the the blood out of the stone on that one. Man, they did. I mean, Happy Days ran for a long time too. Even after everybody left, and it was just the Fonz kind of being like weird. Like, yeah, if you had told me that it ran till 1984, I would have called you a liar. <laughs> it ran a long, long time. What were you thinking about? Um, so, yeah, Mork and Mindy was one of the first ones that came to mind. Um, Frasier. Obviously, Frasier. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> you know, Cheers is, Cheers is a little bit, Cheers gets a little forgotten these days. I think yeah. Cheers was really, Cheers was really funny. It really was, but when you go watch it, it's really dated now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine it holds up at all. No. But, but Frasier is still sort of, feels kind of contemporary, because it was, the 90s don't, I don't know. There's I something think, different about the vibe. I think it's coming back. I think somebody's bringing Frasier back. Well, Kelsey Grammer's not busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And That's I, will watch, true. I will watch new Frasier with Kelsey Grammer. That's probably of all the stuff they've brought back in my lifetime. That's one of the few things that I will actually probably go check out. They're also bringing back Murphy Brown. Did you, You're a little too young for Murphy Brown. No, no. I know Murphy Brown. Yeah, I'm, but you didn't watch Murphy Brown. Uh, I watched enough of it to know like a lot about it. Um, I yeah. cannot remember that guy's name, the guy that played her painter that became her boyfriend, Nick, <laughs> baby daddy. Eldon. He was. What's his name? Eldon. 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 Eldon's the house painter. Okay, what am I? Because I don't remember the details. Because uh, he was working. He was working on her house for like the whole time that the series. Yeah. Ran. That was the funny part yeah. about it. Like he was just always doing something, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And. And then he was the crazy brother in that Bruce Willis movie. I don't know that guy's name. Anyway, this is a terrible, yeah. uh, <laughs> terrible examination. Yeah. I don't know that guy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but coming back to coming back to the spinoff, the very first one that I, that came up that I actually loved at the time, and I'm I'm not going to apologize for it. Angel, better a, sh- a better show than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, we're going to have to fight about that, but the because um, Buffy was terrific all the way through, and I and I. And I stopped watching Angel about. I think I was about two or three series, two three seasons of Angel, and then I was done with him. But I I watched I watched Buffy, you know, tip to tail. I watched every episode of Buffy until it was over, which I thought it was a terrific show. But Angel's a good spinoff. The um, the nine hundred two one zero Melrose Place 
era of of um I guess it wasn't what is the it wasn't the CW then. What was it then? It was just was Fox, it? wasn't it? Oh, the, were they Fox? Yeah. Because then it moved didn't it, it didn't move to it didn't move to it was always Fox. Why as far as I can recall. Oh, I don't know. Did it did it come back on Fox when they did Dino Two One O the redo? No, the newer one was on like what is now the, the CW. CW. What yeah. was the CW before it was the CW? Do you remember? Well, there was two. There was the WB and there was the UPN. The WB. That's right. The WB and UPN. Good call <laughs> on that. I couldn't. That, there was just, there was some bad TV shows on those on those on those channels. Speaking of UPN and spinoffs. Xena, Warrior Princess. Xena, Warrior Princess, and Hercules. Hercules! Yeah, that's right. Yes. So which one was first? Hercules was first, and then Xena correct. spun off. That's correct. Uh, I like I, <laughs> Xena, Warrior Princess, man. That ran for way too long, too. What's the, the running? Yes. That, oh, my God. That ran for It's a like long six years. Time. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I didn't watch a lot of Xena. You'd think that I would have, but I didn't. For I can say with confidence that I'm pretty sure I watched every episode of the first two seasons, maybe three. <laughs> yeah, I checked yeah. in every now. And who was, you know, who it was on that show? It was the actress who played Callisto. That 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 actress brought me back, often and much. <laughs> but 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 it was it was always on at a time when we were like pre-drinking before we went out on Saturday nights. So it was on, but we didn't really. We didn't really watch it very much. Yeah. Well, in the late 90s, I lived in Alaska, and I was a teenager. <laughs> so there was nowhere to so, go. You were, just, you were stuck inside, yeah. so you had to watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And for the first two years we lived there, we didn't have cable. It was a dark time. I have a, <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for a different world. Um, oh, absolutely. One of the best shows of all time, in my opinion. So... That first season's Lisa Bonet and Marissa Tomei are both in that first season. Both of them leave after the first season. And then that thing runs for like a decade. It's crazy. No, it's six years. They did six years. That's a, that's a, that's might as well be a decade. From 80, yeah, in, 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 at that period of time, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, let's, let's make a quick jump to movies. Um, okay. Because I think there are a couple that that I want to mention. First of all, my Get Him to the Greek is one of my favorite movies. The um, you know the Russell Brand movie. So, so I'm aware plays, of it. I've definitely never seen it. Oh my god! You should Puff P Diddy's in it too. You should you should totally see Get Him to the Greek. So if you haven't seen Get Him to the Greek, Russell Brand plays this rock star named Aldous Snow, and Aldous Snow makes an appearance in the first time we see him is in forgetting Sarah Marshall because because she runs off with all the snow and leaves um sure. what's his name Jason <laughs> Jason Seagull <laughs> pining so that sets it off but then they give him his own movie and get him to the Greek is hilarious and if you haven't seen it you absolutely should because it's I, I okay so I looked it up while you were talking and I have definitely seen this movie, and I guess I don't come away with it with the same feelings about it that you do. Oh, my God. Just sort of <laughs> saw it and just kind of left my consciousness. Really? Oh, yeah. I like that movie. I think that movie's great. Um, you may be right. My other, yeah, my other, my other favorite sort of spinoff, my recent spinoff is Creed. And I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for Creed 2. But... How genius is Sylvester Stallone to get this whole Rocky thing to last? <laughs> How many decades in it? Seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties. I mean, he's we're into like fifty years. <laughs> we're 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 into forty plus years of Rocky at this point. Because the first Rocky is what seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy eight. Yeah. Is it? I mean, this is, is it crazy. not just a proper sequel though? Is it really a spinoff? I would. I mean, it's not a Rocky movie. I guess it's, I guess okay. it's not. It's not Rocky Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a spinoff. I think it's a spinoff. I, I I think it counts. I think that um, I wouldn't count like say like Wolverine 
as a like any of the Wolverine movies as spinoffs. Because I really feel like all those X-Men movies are just Wolverine <laughs> movies anyway. Because he's the focus of all of them. You could you could argue that they were spinoffs, but in my brain, I don't really I don't really see it as as that. So m- when I was looking for things to talk about with this, I discovered that there's an Ewoks movie. <laughs> was it a movie? I don't know. It's called Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. It might have been a TV show. It was a TV, oh, it was a TV movie. That was a TV movie. Yeah. I you know. I think that I think that you can share a world. Maybe I don't. I don't even know if Star Trek. Those I don't know if Star Trek counts as spinoffs. I always feel like you know when you share a world like that. I might. I might say Fantastic Beasts are is a spinoff of the Harry Potter thing. Well, that's prequels. It's prequel Potter. It's leading us to Voldemort, so it's prequels. I'm sure people have other spinoffs, but you know the world is full of it. There's a um, and here we are. Here we are. Segment three. But there's an excellent. Thought. I really like. I really like uh, segments where we're just like, let's remember some stuff. But people will remember <laughs> along with us, and I think that's that's probably, right. And maybe they'll think of the things they liked when when they were uh, when they were young. Because that's I think that's the that's part of part of entertainment. I think that the uh, there's this excellent series uh, on YouTube that you can watch. It's called Everything Is a Remix. And uh, everything is remix is really cool because the guy who creates the series, he starts with music and he does these things where, hey, this is an idea that this person stole, that this person stole, that became this, that became this. And uh, he also does this thing about Star Wars, where Star Wars is basically this, this old Japanese movie called The Hidden Fortress. And he breaks it up and just tells you that George Lucas basically just took this took this story and cribbed it <laughs> you know there's a wizard there's there's these two peasants who are c3po and r2d2 i mean it, it, and the whole series is basically telling us that we are essentially nothing's new and that everything that you would create today is simply plucked from the things that you liked and the things that you were influenced by sure and and I think that's an interesting thought because it 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 shows up in a lot of different ways uh with with you know musical tastes or you know you I hear a lot of you know in pop music that my daughter listens to I hear a lot of songs that that I already know <laughs> and I make her and sometimes I will make her play the song that it was before and then play the song that it was before. We we deep dive some, you know, Motown all the way back to Motown on some some recent pop, and I just kept telling her, "This sounds like this. Play this song." But, you know, I gotta make the Apple Music subscription work somehow. So I just tell her, I tell her, just grab another one. Just grab now, grab this song, and then grab this song. We'll just listen to all five of them like in a row, and you'll hear it. I think it's cool. I think it's uh, I think it's um, I think that that the way we think about things. I think in this day and age is much more referential. It's easy to catch the references. I think I've talked about this before on the show, but there's a Spotify playlist, and I think it's called The Cookout, where they will play like the new version that has the sample and then the song that it was sampled from. And since it works really well for a concept, especially since it's sort of a cookout playlist, the idea would be that you have multiple generations there, and you're probably going to play some music all the way back from the 60s and 70s anyway. You know, and then you pull it to the modern day, and it just it makes for a fun vibe when you get like "Summertime" by Will Smith, followed immediately by, and it's terrible that I don't know the name of the sample, but I could. Uh, uh, point is, you get to you get to hear the original right afterwards, and I think that that is something that is good for children. Like, I think I like really like what you're doing. I think it's important to expose the kids. Like, what you love has already been loved, and that's not to make it less special for you. It's just it's a way for us to connect and a way for us to relate generationally. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. I think it's the sharing of it, and I think people kind of can get crappy. That people get crappy about it, right? Oh, oh people want to own stuff, right? Oh, that's just a ripoff. I, you know, yeah. The, you know what's the classic hipster like? Oh, I liked that song the first time I heard it. It was bleh. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what? Just let people let people make stuff. I mean, the I think the I think the realization that everything comes from somewhere is the first step just to say hey i know what you i know you like that song that was maybe the first time you heard it 
But that is not the first time anybody heard that. Right. And, and the people who get sort of snooty about it are the people that I like to tell them to sit down. It's like, sit down. It's like, you don't, you don't have to be that person because I guarantee anything that you like, give me, if you give me 20 minutes, I will, I will pull all the references <laughs> <laughs> you know that that artist stole to give you to give you this particular song or this particular movie or this particular story idea you know if you're one of the people that do this what chris is describing listeners i want to put some put a thought in your mind because it's really not any different than a certain someone we all know who likes to stand up and say eh, "Healthcare so complicated that nobody knew it was so complicated <laughs> just that's what you sound like when you talk about like the thing that you heard was the the only time it's ever been heard. Right. Um, just because it's you know it was new to you at one time doesn't mean that you're the, you're not the first person to discover it. Right. Right. And I think if you come into a conversation, a lot of good con- a lot of the best conversations that I've had really come from the fact that you someone says, "Hey, I like this song," and then you then you sort of tease it apart a little bit. It's like, oh, have you heard this? It's like, oh, yeah, I know that. Or or I don't know that. Or, hey, this sounds like this song. It's like, oh, I don't know that band. Let me, let me you know, let me fire it up because now I have access to everything <laughs> in the whole world at my fingertips. Sure. You know, just to be able to, to discover a few things about it. Because I'm, I generally am a, I would consider myself a top-level consumer. I'm not a deep track guy <laughs> you know sure. i'm like the guy at the pearl jam show who who knows you know half the songs like if i'm being honest with you i mean right. they could go out they could come out and just play corduroy for two hours and i would be thrilled i would just be <laughs> <laughs> i would just i mean that would be that would be a good pearl jam show for me but um but yeah so i you know you go to the pearl jam show you get the deep cuts um you know Mud Honey comes out. I don't know. It's like I don't know those songs. I mean, I was never a Mud Honey fan, but it's uh, but it, it gave me an opportunity to to backtrack and say, oh, what were those songs? And I did look up those songs, and I did listen to the, I did listen to those tracks, and thought, yeah, those are those are great, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I got I'm glad I heard them, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's I I I think that comes with age, right? It's you, your attention gets spread out. I remember when I was younger, like not understanding why my parents never knew, any, knew never knew anything about any new music. I was like, "How's that possible?" And I totally understand how it's possible now. <laughs> um, but not only that, it's like not only do you not know about new music, but the new music you do know about, you're not like gonna go get the record and put that specific album on. Like, just nobody is capturing your attention in the way that it happens when you're young, when it's like feels like it's saying your thoughts. Music is not saying your thoughts anymore, and that's why old people like shit like Jimmy Buffett. I like drinking and laying on the beach too, <laughs> right? Yeah, I wanna I wanna wear flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt around all day. Exactly. But the uh, but that's this guy's the... singing about my ideal retirement. <laughs> <laughs> He's singing about my hip replacement. Anyway, <laughs> Could I eat a cheeseburger yeah. at a beach restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> I was never a deep track. I was never much of a deep track guy, anyway. Ever? I mean, I would. Well, there are there are certainly bands that that I have that relation. I have a I have a deep track relationship with, but but it's nobody. It's nobody. Who, it's no record that's come out in twenty five years. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh! I take it back. I have a full. I have a full mastery of the One Direction catalog. So there you go. <laughs> I definitely that's, do not. That, that's 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 only half my fault. Anyway, the uh, but uh, but aside from that, it's you know I think about the bands that I really loved, and yeah, sure I had a relationship with them, but for the most part, there were there were those are those were a little more few and far between. I wasn't a I wasn't a completionist like you probably were. You were you were you had to know everything about everything. You wanted to know all the deep cuts and all that stuff about every band that you loved for a while but i mean that's that was just a kind of a side product or a, a, a byproduct for growing up more in more in the 90s than anything else because once the internet was the primary source of information all that went away really quickly because now there was access to everything so instead of focusing my attention on one or two three four or five bands where i'd try to get everything and get really into it i was much more interested in being um just exploring everything, just getting as you know, consuming as much different types of things as I could. And I think from that point on, it was only when certain bands would catch my uh, my my ear really specifically 
but I, I definitely got into some records in the you know mid two thousands. Like I remember really being into AFI for a while. I'm like, oh, the best album, best record, the best track on this record is like track ten that's no one's ever heard. <laughs> I used to go see this band called Mill and Colin. I saw them live probably four or five times. And there's this song. I remember Mill and Colin. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a song called Happiness for Dogs that I loved, and I still love, actually. I still put it on from time to time. Um, so Millen Collins stands the test of time. And for, I mean, every time we're at the show, I'm the dude in the back yelling, Happiness for Dogs! <laughs> and they never once played it in the five times I saw them live. What? Right. They never played your favorite track a single time? Not one time. I kept going, and then I finally I was like, ah, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not going to pay the best song you ever wrote, I'm not coming to your shows anymore, you bastards. That's right. Now when we get done, I'm going to have to put on Happiness for Dogs. There you go. Maybe it'll, maybe you'll tack it on to the end of the show today. It sounds likely. <laughs> it sounds like something that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think that uh I think it's important to ha- I think it's important to understand your influences a little bit. I mean, I think that I think it informs you know, your decisions that you make. I think that uh, I, I always felt like I wasn't a very good songwriter because I always knew too well what my what I was ripping off, and which yeah. I'd get halfway I'd get halfway through something and I'd be like, you know what, I stole that. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's what I think the best I think the best songwriters, the best writers and artists, that just do it and just don't mm-hmm. give a shit. They yeah. just they just they 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 do it. They don't care and. For some other reason, I just get a little too self-conscious about it. I just can't do it. I'm just never going to be very good at. I just never very good at it. It just wasn't uh, my thing. I am the same way. Uh, I have a. I have like a, a composition book of like half-written songs from when I was right out of college. I uh, first learning to play guitar and stuff, and I just I get into something and I start playing a riff. I'm like, no, this is that. Yep, I can't yeah, do it. I can't do it. This this sounds like a Green Day song already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I can I can shape your idea, but I just every time I come up, I try to come up with my own idea, I'm just way too self aware of of my influences that I just can't I can't get over it. I have the same problem. I'm like 3M. I can't I can't make your ideas. I make them better. Right, exactly. <laughs> you give me a basic something, I'll make it better. But I can't 100%. give you I can't give you a basic something because my basic something is. And this is why I will never achieve my dream of working as a screenwriter. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I need somebody to. I need somebody to give me something. And I'll. Uh, I, I just need to be the guy who punches stuff up. Yeah, yeah. I'm the script doctor. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. need to be the the punch up guy. All right. Um, here we are in the OT, and now it's over time. We get to talk about golf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So very specific. To, very specifically. Very specifically. Today it was. Uh, they announced Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods are going to play each other for money now here was the funny here's the way it worked out today it was first it was phil mickelson has joined twitter Uh oh what's that was the big news all for about an hour or two and then tiger tweets the hey the match is on so basically their pr people are working overtime today so they're uh, and then all of a sudden they start sort of bantering at each other in twitter and all the golf, all the golf Twitter Twitters just went buck wild, just went nuts. It's like, oh my gosh, they're it's on. It's they're gonna play each other for nine million dollars, and um, and then, you know, over Thanksgiving weekend, and then, the news came that it was pay per view. <laughs> now, so my first instinct was, how much would I pay for pay per view? How much yeah. is how. It's a two guys playing golf on television. I could watch golf for free every. I watch golf for free four days a week. Live golf four days a week every week on television for free. And and I thought to myself, well, you know, how much would I pay? I pay, you know, you pay fifty bucks for the Pacquiao fight or whatever. Like I think I paid that much. Um, how much would I pay? Twenty bucks? Thirty bucks? What would you What would you pay? I think twenty. I think twenty would be ideal. Like thirty dollars is like that point where it's like, eh, I don't really twenty nine ninety nine. That's like a real purchase, right? A twenty dollar bill, I just light that on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but thirty bucks is thirty bucks is is 
So now, so now I'm sort of chewing it over. I'm like, 30 bucks, okay, 30 bucks. And then, and then I was thinking, well, what are we doing here? I mean, do we really, do I really need to see Bill and Tiger play each other on television for $30? Like now the value, now I'm sort of reassessing the value of, as this whole thing was going on all day, it was like, well, they're not playing for charity, are they? There's no mention of charity. There's nine million dollars going into somebody's pocket. Are they? Uh, I mean, I, I thought you know what would be good is like each of those guys cuts a check for four and a half million bucks. They put it in a hat, you know, and then the winner rips up his own check and takes the other dude's check. Right? <laughs> that that would be something. But at this point, it's like, wait a minute. So pay, there's pay-per-view revenue. There's sponsor revenue. These two guys have cash galore, but they're both worth in the, you know, they're both nine-digit, <laughs> you know what I mean, kind yeah, of, yeah. kind of, kind of wealth guys. Like, do they really need my thirty bucks or, do they, or whatever they're going to charge? Right. I, I got more indignant about it as the day went on. Like, I was kind of excited about it, and all of a sudden, it's like, this is fucking bullshit. Are they playing? Are they paying for sponsor money? I, no, I mean you know that you know that their sponsors are are you know. When I say paying, I meant playing. Playing, you know that Callaway and Nike and all the they're throwing money into this, right? They're yeah. They, I mean, there's there's no possible way, you know. And then then who jumped in? Like some Turner Turner jumped in with the television rights. So all of a sudden, the millions of dollars are stacking up. The in, the interesting thing about it to me is if they're playing for each other's money, but if it's just they're playing for some sort of a purse, I don't really care about that. And right. in fact, what what it now makes me want is if it's just going to be like that. If we're just going to have a purse or whatever, what I really want now is a, a golf all star, Ryder Cup style event. Yeah, you might as well have an undercard, right? Because you you well, don't want to because golf is televised. Golf is about jumping to the action. Yes. Like if you just had two guys hitting shots and then walking around and then and then getting ready to play. <laughs> I mean this I need at least an you're going to have to have at least two groups worth of undercard to just get to the action just to keep the just to keep the broadcast lively. Yeah, there are there's stuff about this like whether they're going to wear mics and you know you, you're definitely going to see every shot, which is something we don't get to see on a regular basis. Uh-huh. They're going to hear them chat with their caddy. They're going to are they going to make side bets like, hey, I bet you can't. Hey, hey, I bet you slice this one into the woods. <laughs> 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 which would be every hole if I was playing Tiger, just like you did on 15 at Bell Reef, <laughs> you <laughs> choker. <laughs> <laughs> right? If they're going to talk some serious shit to each other, maybe. But I, as I thought about it all day and how much I would pay and what kind of entertainment I would get out of this, especially on Thanksgiving weekend, which is already sort of packed full of stuff anyway. Like, are right. you going to carve out? Am I going to carve out four hours of pay-per-view time to, you know, am I going to kick down 30 bucks and then lay on the couch for four hours to watch these two guys play golf if it's just these two guys yeah if it was 20 bucks i would do it it really is that extra ten dollars i'm not giving you my extra 10 bucks you can go to hell i'm gonna i'm really interested to see how this thing gets priced because it's gonna make a huge difference i think this this has this has a little bit of flop written all over this is there's like like there's a hint there's a just a hint of disaster in the air like in terms of Maybe you guys have slightly overestimated <laughs> people's interest in you at this point in your careers. I mean, we're like a 48-year-old guy and a 42-year-old guy, neither of, you know, neither of which have won a major in a good long while. Right. And we're going to and we're going to we're going to spend our our Saturday afternoon of of the busiest shopping weekend of the year watching watching these two guys play golf. Okay, so now I'm really stuck on this idea that really what I want is a Team Tiger, Team Phil, Ryder Cup format. Like, where, four on, like a four-on-four. Yeah, where they pick their teams and they just, they just take turns picking. Like, Tiger's yeah. like, I take DJ. Phil's yeah. like, I take Justin. You know, who, you know what they should do? They should just... I mean, they should just the, the, ma- the golf manufacturers should just line up and just say, 
Phil gets Team Callaway, and Team yeah. Callaway is Phil, Sergio Garcia, Daniel Berger, and whomever. <laughs> I keep trying to pull who, the, who all the Callaway people are. <laughs> you know, oh, uh, Henrik Stenson, right? Okay, so, and then Tiger pulls the TaylorMade team, which I would totally bet on the TaylorMade team because oh, yeah. it would be Tiger, DJ, Rory, <laughs> Jason Day. I mean, but right. now, now my 30 bucks is on the table. I'm I'm definitely paying thirty bucks for that, but just yeah. to watch these two old guys roam around for for four and a half hours, or or whatever, however long it's going them to take them to play eighteen holes, yeah. I just I, I I'm not I'm not excited I'm not excited about it as I thought I was going to be when they first announced it. The second they announced pay per view, I was just like, what? Oh, I would definitely one hundred percent watch it for free. Oh yeah, if Golf Channel <laughs> just put this on, or if NBC or whomever just put this on, I would totally, I would watch it. I'd watch the hell out of it. But now I've got a part with, now I've got a part with twenty, thirty, God forbid, more than thirty bucks, because that ain't happening. If it's more than thirty dollars, it's a, it's just a non-starter. Right, right. So let's hope, uh, let's hope cooler heads prevail on this deal, because uh, I, as a golf fan, I am interested to to see how you know to see how it how it would work out you know they it should definitely be match play so they can go ahead and just make whatever crazy shots they want to hold a hole and yeah. it won't cost them like five strokes <laughs> but and there should be trash talking and there should be side betting and there should be and it should be your own money in the pot that yes. the other dude takes and it should be like five million bucks yeah <laughs> it's like i want to put my money where like five million bucks now now we're talking yeah, if it was five million of their own money, I would abs- I think I'd pay the thirty bucks. Yeah, but but it's turning into everybody. Everybody sees this as an opportunity to make money, and and I think it, I think they're sucking the fun out of it. it does, there's an air of desperation about the whole thing too. Yeah, yeah. Like let's cash in one last time before we both suck for good. <laughs> <laughs> the also the 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 one a nuance that I was considering they were going to play for ten million bucks. But I think the PGA Tour said, hey, guys, you know we have this major sponsor that sponsors this FedEx Cup thing that's worth $10 million bucks, and it's a big deal, and we want it to remain a big deal, so can you please play for less than $10 million? Bucks? <laughs> All right, we'll play for nine. Does that make you happy? Um, anyway, like I said, I'm, I'm a little uh, about it right now. Well, we'll see as Thanksgiving gets closer. Uh, I might eat so much at Thanksgiving by the Saturday, I might still be immobilized. I might still not be able to move by Saturday. And if that's the case, I'm definitely paying. But otherwise, um, they're going to have to convince me. They're going to have to sell me. Well, you know, I need a vasectomy. Maybe I can hook that up. (laughs) (laughs) On Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, Right afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) You got (laughs) to... You gotta pick like uh, Masters weekend, which uh, you know, or uh, or the March first Madness. week at March Madness. March Madness is the yeah. vasectomy time. Actually, I think they have brosectomy packages in Vegas, where you and a f- buddy can go to Vegas, get a brosectomy, get put up in a suite, and then have like you know uh, room service and uh, big screen TV and betting on uh, March Madness. I think you can actually buy that. That ain't me. <laughs> you don't you don't know anybody who who needs a vasectomy that you can like go hang out with for a weekend? I uh don't care. <laughs> that that ain't me. <laughs> On the bright side you get to shave your balls for that, which is uh which is which is a nice side which is a nice side uh side benefit. Regular Saturday night. <laughs> All right, that's it for the two on three podcast. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for tuning in to us every single week. We appreciate your ears, and we appreciate you coming out. Do you want to do the outro? I don't know if you can hear me half the time when we're doing this. This has been quite an adventure from my end. All right. I can hear you just fine. Go ahead. Let's do the outro. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We appreciate your download each and every week. We love to interact with you on the Internet, so please don't hesitate to hit us up. Tell us what your favorite spinoffs were. If you love golf and are going to pay the 30 bucks, and we'll be back next week as we are every week with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.
Do something